Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. I'm your host, Gavin Cosgrave. And today we have another episode in the uh, Bronco Posse series, the second to last um, episode interviewing an adjunct faculty member at Santa Clara. Today is Norman Paris, and it's all about uh, mathematics and science in the real world. Uh, Norman is a lecturer of physics and math, and he has a PhD from UC Davis. I walked into his office for the interview, and there was a, a blackboard completely filled with some math problem and a bunch of symbols I couldn't recognize and I wanted to know why would why would anyone uh, take the time to to study math to get through a problem as as confusing as uh, the one in front of me and uh, Norman answered my question and several others about uh, the importance of math about his own career journey and then at the, at the end I ask uh, the same set of questions that I do with every guest so this is a short and sweet episode and please enjoy So I'm I'm looking at you here, and behind you there's this blackboard full of uh, calculus <laughs> equations yeah. and uh, x's and y's right. and derivatives and all yeah. these yes. things. So why why bother with all this math? Well, um, you know, uh, it is a, a language in its own. Um, I, I do think mathematical literacy is important, uh, just so we can think more critically, uh, not necessarily to to solve all the problems in the world, but I think thinking critically is important. Math sometimes sneaks up in you in such a way that, oh, I'm thinking a lot about this problem and how do I apply it in different ways. This particular problem uh, behind me... That's uh, one? Yeah, it's, it's That's actually... one problem? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a continuation of one problem. Okay. Uh, a student, a former student of mine decided that, hey, um, do you think you could prove why... Uh, the line between two points is a straight line and we did it he wanted to know a little bit more and I thought I could help so uh, that's where we're at and we have a small project going Mm, yeah what's maybe one of your favorite parts about either about Santa Clara or just about teaching in general um, really the the interaction with students is a big plus I mean you have uh, you get students that uh, wants to learn more all the time and um, the re- the rapport uh, we gain with them, um, myself and my colleagues, uh, I think is why we keep coming mm-hmm. here. And um, I hope uh, that we have some influence and I, I don't necessarily want them to think a certain way, but mm-hmm. just to question the world around them. And I think math and science provides that kind of viewpoint, mm-hmm. um, not just uh, again, not just in the terms of nature but just uh, whether it be politics or Mm. social justice and things of that nature i think to even have just a quantitative feel for for what is around you Hmm. yeah that's that's interesting because i feel like most students who are interested in you know politics would major in poli sci or interested in the environment yeah major environmental science so why 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 math i think you know it as as you know, a lot in order to graduate from Santa Clara, and I think this is a good thing that you have to pass through the math department at one point, and um, you know, there 
the thing that that's kind of different with math, I think, is that um, whether you ha- it's a feeling mm-hmm. or uh, you have a feeling that leads to an f- opinion. I think we're in the in the business of facts, mm-hmm. and so whether you major in poli sci or sociology or what have you, mm-hmm. I think knowing what facts are and to mm-hmm. have it be backed up um, in a quantitative manner mm-hmm. is much more. Like with numbers is much more important to me anyway than saying I feel that Mm -hmm. this is true. Well, you know what? Math doesn't care about what you feel. Mm. So that's kind of where I maybe that's just kind of I'm biased because this is what I do for a living. But there is a mathematician out in the East Coast, I think Moon Dutchen, and she's working on the mathematics of gerrymandering hmm. and kind of like why why is it or how do we make it so mathematically where it would be fair that you would get equal representation because hmm. as you know i mean based on uh the administration that we have now in the united states there was a lot of and i'm not saying you know either party i mean we've been doing this for years where how do you how do you um, kind of work the electoral college to mm-hmm. your favor? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it really seems like my vote, where we are in California, isn't as impacted as yeah. somebody in Wyoming or yeah. a certain state. So she's trying to provide a mathematical model for that, which I think is kind of the direction where we need to go. Unfortunately, that's pretty advanced math. So to to put it into layman's terms would be a great challenge in itself. And that's kind of where I feel that's where my job is, mm-hmm. where to improve mathematical literacy, whether it be through calculus, statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's an important kind of background to have to just to have a feel for what numbers mean when mm-hmm. you see them up on the screen. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And the statistics piece seems uh-huh. very broadly relevant, right? Like everyone needs to understand statistics right. to even like read a news article right. or have facts to back yeah, up your exactly. opinions or political beliefs. So, it, you know, numbers come out here and there, but if you don't kind of like, well, you know, why is this true and how strongly do we f- – not again, feel is the wrong word. How strongly does the numbers promote mm-hmm. what the facts are trying to actually say? Hmm. Um, you know, it, it makes you, if anything, I'm hoping question what is given or shoved down your throat, really, because mm-hmm. there's so many outlets to gain information that's kind of like maybe we should just pause and ask ourselves, what does this seem right? Mm-hmm. And if so, why do I think it's right? Mm-hmm. Do I is it a feeling or a bias that I have, mm-hmm. or is it, you know, is this really what the numbers state? Mm-hmm. So I, I think uh, regarding um, uh, mathematical literacy, I think that's an important, and and I think sometimes what we lack, mm. maybe, yeah, yeah, and that's that's for stats. I think the real world application is clearer, right? right? But. Um, while, you know, calculus Calcul- relates to physics and <laughs> right. stuff, but what's, it's like how many people are really going to use calculus in it's, their It's day true. Job? I did have a student say that he still uses, he, uh, he works in the industry now, he still uses stuff I have, I've taught him. But, mm. you know, I would say you're right. What is, is t- taking calculus uh, going to make my uh, bread in the morning taste better? Probably not. But my hope is that with the relationships that you do find um, – uh, within any scope of numbers that, that you're not only just trying to find relationships of numbers, but you're trying to find relationships between 
uh, everything else. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess a question that a student had asked me was, what is mathematics? And mm-hmm. it was a really tough question because, you know, it's, well, uh, there's an aspect of it that um, there's patterns that are quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what we just talked about, there's a usefulness in its uh, application, mm-hmm. you know, um, and there's just some s- certain level of truth, I think, behind mm-hmm. it that, that attracts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a certain you need to probably have a certain background to appreciate. But really, with anything that you see, there is some mathematics that, mm-hmm. that could be applied to learning. So, I mean, if you're into surfing, maybe you want to study why waves do that. Mm-hmm. And then that could improve on uh, on that. And if you're into baseball, mm-hmm. you know, how does it improve your swing and by understanding the, the forces that are, you know, or pressure differentials regard, mm-hmm. uh, when a ball is being thrown. Mm-hmm. So I think there's little bits like that. You're right. It's not like you're going to you're going to try to take the derivative or integral of functions every day in your life. And that's even though while I teach that, my hope is that they'll know that and they take what they know and extend it to wherever, whatever branch of uh, or major that they choose to study. Yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. No, that makes sense. Um, like, how did you personally decide that? the teaching or math were things you wanted to pursue for a career? Um, you know, I thought there there were, when I was in high school, the instructors I had there were quite influential. Um, again, not telling me how, uh, what to think, but perhaps just how to think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gravitated towards mathematics and science, particularly because I was, I think, a slow reader. I couldn't, I, I don't think I, I was an average writer Mm -hmm. so English was a bit more difficult and just having reading assignments took a lot more time for me whereas the math book you're supposed to read it slow because uh, in order to gain full understanding there's no way uh, it's not a page turner I'll Mm -hmm. say that much but uh, you you work it out and I think maybe that's why I I, I kind of asked myself this question as well that why did I do this Mm -hmm. and I, I think Possibly because my weakness was in writing, hmm. and uh, or and reading, and I, I started. Well, numbers treat me a little bit better when I could go slow, so uh, I decided to just kind of pursue that. And I thought, you know, coming from a um, slightly poorer background, uh, that was the, you know, te- the teachers that kind of um, pushed me. A certain way kind of like well I feel like I owe them hmm. and perhaps I should give back in, in the hmm. same way they have provided for me um, so I thought you know when I was in high school I wanted to be that but when I got to college and later on grad school I just kind of um, felt like I'm not sure if I could hmm. teach a particular subject like four periods straight you know hmm. I, I mean I think there's something to be said about uh, variety being the spice of life so uh, I ended up think, thinking I want to teach but maybe I could do it at a different level when I'm not constantly doing the same things uh, repeatedly mm-hmm. so in a university there's um, I mean while I do teach you know back to back at times mm-hmm. it's not super um, impacted like I'm, I'm repeating myself all the time like, you know, five days a week. And I get to work on problems like this if a student is interested. So it piques my interest uh, in other directions when I have the spare time to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were, were there any memorable 
times or moments or decisions from college or grad school or kind of that that period of your life? Um, it doesn't have to be math related. Yeah, I mean, really, another another thing was I, I think I just like to talk about science and math, and it doesn't. I mean, I do a lot of the talking as I'm doing now, but I remember particularly in graduate school, uh, shared a, ro- a big room with five or six other grad students, and what we used to do was just if a if a student had a question, we'd go up on the board in that room and say, how would you guys approach this problem? And that interaction of just teaching each other uh, what's, you know, from our different backgrounds Mm -hmm. is something I I truly enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, even amongst my students, I feel like they teach me something about myself, the way Mm -hmm. they ask questions um, that, I could always feel like I could improve on my teaching mm-hmm. or uh, a different viewpoint of how to approach a specific problem or a specific mm-hmm. idea. I think those mm-hmm. things uh, are, are critical to not only other students, but myself as an instructor mm-hmm. and a scientist or mathematician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you kind of knew all throughout grad school that you were going to pursue yeah. teaching? Uh-huh. I mean, well, uh, the idea was I was, you know, as the usual setting is in a grad school, you do your five or six years of graduate school, mm-hmm. you do three or four years of postdoc, mm-hmm. and then you become an assistant professor somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I right around my time in graduate school, I just felt that I wasn't that much interested in research. I mean, mm-hmm. the problems that I was working on were interesting, mm-hmm. but I, I truly enjoyed being in the classroom more than I did maybe working on uh, research problems mm-hmm. all the time. And uh, and so I leaned towards that. My first job, instead of getting a postdoc doing research at, um, at you know, any, any type of research university, uh, where I, similar to where I was at grad school, mm-hmm. my first job was at Lewis and Clark College at Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon, where it was a small liberal arts college, even smaller than Santa Clara, and I gained more teaching experience that mm-hmm. way. And it's like, yep, this is what I want to do as a career. Came back to the Bay Area uh, because this is home, and I got lucky, and um, now I'm here. But, uh, you know, there were some a lot of growing pains because I, I shifted my career from a research based to a teaching based uh you know so there were sometimes were again um uh you know i was an adjunct for quite some time uh because well i enjoy teaching so what you know this is this is what i want to do even though there there were some um there are negative aspects of it as you know like job security mm-hmm. and things like that but this is what um a lot of I would say adjuncts and lecturers enjoy doing here, so they're willing to do it. Um, um, yeah, cool. There, there's a couple questions I like to yeah. ask at the end of mm-hmm. my interviews. So the, the first is, if you had to give some advice to a first-year student coming into Santa Clara, what would you say? Be open, particularly if uh, you had a certain vision of what what college is supposed to be like or what you were supposed to study. Just looking back when I was a student, I thought like, this is what I know. I'm going to focus on this. But I, I truly enjoyed taking other courses aside from what was required of my major. And you learn a little bit about yourself, about what you're, even though I'm, a, I'm in the business of facts, 
you know, you gain opinion based on, sir, you know, what background you have uh, or and what courses you take and how you think about the world. So I, I would say be open to take any courses and absorb as much as you can. Yeah. Are there any favorite locations or places you've traveled to or even if it's it's local in California? Anywhere? Oh, well, I mean, I love going to Hawaii. There's something about hearing the waves hmm. uh, just kind of calms me or um uh and yeah kind of i I don't know if it makes me just feel part of nature and a certain like uh existential feel i don't know what it is but uh that's kind of uh, yeah i try to go like every other year Mm. with my family so that's always a, a good time there yeah and if you could send a message to every person in the united states what would you want to say wow um I would say um, just think critically. Yeah, I think um, a lot of things uh, can be um, uh, achieved by just pausing and thinking critically rather than, I know how social media and I mean, this generation just has a harder than the previous in the sense that there's so much things coming at them. It's like, well, what, 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 what do I listen to? And what is it that I should, how do you, how do I do this? You know, how do I filter in the nonsense? And, and I think, um, also just for your own, uh, you know, uh, for own, for your own views or feelings as a person, I think it's just overwhelming to try to soak everything up. I think if anything, Every now and then, put your phone down and just enjoy, uh, enjoy just like listening to the birds or something like mm-hmm. that, and um, and you'll realize that even then you're still th- thinking about how you could be a better person. So. Mm-hmm. And finally, what does an ideal Saturday look like for you? An ideal Saturday would be for uh, me to sleep in, but waking up with with one of my kids jumping on me. Oh, that's this. <laughs> Yeah, that was that would be an idea. That's great. That's a great ideal Saturday because like five minutes into your day, it's already ideal, right? It doesn't matter. What <laughs> yeah, happens like, next. yeah. The thing is, they they um they they have the jumping on me part down. Mm. It's it's the um it's the sleeping in. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, maybe eventually. Yeah, we'll maybe eventually. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for okay. this conversation. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify so that you don't miss an episode. Check out the website at VoicesOfSantaClara.com for some shortened transcripts. And you can like the Facebook page and follow on Twitter. I'll see you next time.